We the Living depicts the struggle of the individual against the state, the impact of the Russian Revolution on three human beings who demand the right to live their own lives and pursue their own happiness. It tells of a young woman's passionate love held like a fortress against the corrupting evil of a totalitarian state. Welcome to Treat Your Shelf, a book club podcast where each month we read a book and come together to discuss it. I'm Christina. I'm Emma. And I'm Hannah. And today we'll be discussing We the Living by Ayn Rand. So what happened, guys? (laughs) (laughs) We're just going to start right in on it, I guess. I, I mean, I think it's fair to our audience to explain why some of us didn't read the book. I made a valiant attempt. I gave it I a go. I made a valiant attempt because I read it all. Emma, Emma <laughs> made the most valiant attempt because she she made it through the whole thing. Ugh. Look, I, I think it's very healthy that we set a precedent right now that if a book just either one isn't good <laughs> or two, not that I'm saying, or two isn't good for you and your mental health at that point that we can just stop reading it. And and I think I leaned more toward the second one of that where not necessarily that it was a terrible book, more that it wasn't a book that I felt I could read right now for my own mental health. Yes. Okay. So as a person who chose this book as their favorite book of all time, I definitely need to (laughs) explain myself. So I felt the same as Hannah. So last time I read this, I was in high school and obviously in a different mindset where a lot of this was like, oh, this is a historical lesson, something that happened way back then. But I feel like today in today's state, it was more like, oh, I'm reading about what could happen in the future. I don't know. It just was really depressing Mm. to me. And in the current state, in my current state of mind, like, obviously, I think the book is beautifully written. What? Like, I, I don't know. I don't know. I like, <laughs> I like how she writes and like. In the worst way possible? <laughs> well, here, hold on. Let's, let's do our, let's do no, our non-spoiler. I can't forgive this. Oh, hold, hold on. So... I know, I'm being, okay. I, I'm going to. I'm going to interrupt everyone. I'm going to apologize to everyone. This is, I'm apologizing to Christina (laughs) because I'm going to be so mean to this book and this author that she likes, but you know, I love you, (laughs) but just saying, if you like Ayn Rand, maybe you should stop listening to this podcast, (laughs) listeners. (laughs) Fast forward anytime Emma talks. (laughs) But okay, Christina, continue with... How you like the way she writes. Well, I don't know if it's like the way she writes, but I like the story in general. Like I found that every time I was able to convince myself to read this book, um, I was like underlining sentences that I liked and underlining phrases. And there were things that I really did like about it. But at the end of the day, it just like was not for me. That's I I agree with that. At this point in my life. (laughs) Yeah. 
No, most of my notes were uh, lines and phrases that I I just liked. I, I felt there was, I don't know if sassy is the right word, but there was just, I don't know, the, the lines struck me as just really enjoyable. And so yeah, so for a while, I, I that was able to carry me through my reading was I was like, oh, even though maybe the, the story itself wasn't super engaging, there would be these one liners and I would be super intrigued by. But then we got to the point where everything is just really depressing and really upsetting and there's not as much of those fun one-liners anymore and I just could not continue. See, I don't think I was depressed by the book. I was just bored because I didn't care about anything. So I think we might all agree on this, how the first about 60 pages are really readable where I was like, oh... This isn't bad. And I went into this book wanting to hate this book, which is a terrible thing, and I shouldn't have done it. Emma, I, oh my god. <laughs> I, I know myself, I know how I feel about Ayn Rand, even though I've never read anything she's written. All her books just sound boring and awful. But so... Okay, so my review of the book is that it's just... I mean, maybe if you like Russian history and you're interested in the rise of Soviet communist Russia. Also, there are probably going to be a lot of terms that I use wrong in this podcast and use interchangeably, Mm. but whatever. I don't care because I don't care about Russian history, so I did not care about this book. And I didn't think it was well-written because it's so boring. (laughs) It's so bad. Christina. (sighs) I don't know. It's like I'm trying to think of what my mindset was in high school. And I think like at the time, you know, you're reading like all these like classic lit books, you know, like that's mm-hmm. definitely the time when I read this book. And maybe I just was like a little pretentious and was like, oh, this is good because like people tell me it's good. You know, like mm-hmm. maybe there was like mm-hmm. a part of that. But I don't know. Like I thought like Kira was like a character that I liked and wish I could be more like but there were definitely things that she did that were like really confusing especially reading it this time and really stupid like one of my notes is like Mm -hmm. why doesn't she notice anything (laughs) like (laughs) (laughs) like that's like one of her favorite one-liners like oh I didn't notice like yeah. <laughs> like, I, oh yeah. See, I read this book so long ago, but I, I remember that where she just kept saying things like this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Aren't How you hungry? Know? Oh, I didn't notice. Like, yeah. <laughs> like she, I was like, Ayn Rand's trying to say something here, but I don't know what it is. It's cool to be apathetic. I don't know. <laughs> okay, so I have before I read this book, I found I I happened upon this quote from one of my favorite authors, Flannery O'Connor, talking about what she thinks of Ayn Rand. (laughs) I can't wait. And here it is. This was in a letter that she wrote to one of her friends. I hope you don't have friends who recommend Ayn Rand to you. The fiction of Ayn Rand is as low as you can get. I hope you picked it up off the floor of the subway and threw it in the nearest garbage pail. She makes Mickey Spillane look like Dostoevsky. (laughs) Okay, first of all, I need some context. Who's Mickey Spillane? So he is like, our dad made this comparison. He was like the James Patterson of his day, where he kind of just like wrote trashy novels real quick. I think he had, 
uh, I think Mike Hammer is his detective. He wrote like detective novels, but like really low fiction. Yeah. Amazing. I like, I don't think that it should be that harsh. Like, I feel like Ayn Rand is more of a political activist than an author. Like, Mm. and I think maybe that's where the disconnect is. Like people are like, she's a great author. Her books are great. But they're not great because they're well-written. They're great because of the message that they send across, maybe, to those people. I can see that. Yeah, there's, you know, there's the cult of Ayn Rand, and then there's people like me who see through it all. (laughs) Wow, Emma. I think it's just because she's pro-capitalism, and I'm not (laughs) pro-capitalism. Yeah. Like, I I think especially, like, in high school, like... I didn't have my own political view formed yet. So I was just like, yes, I love egoism and like sticking up for your own beliefs and sticking up for who you are as a person and fighting Mm. for that. And I think I still do agree with that. But the whole like capitalist agenda, like I'm not sure I agree with that these days. And maybe that's where some of the disconnect is as well. Yeah, see, so there's Ayn Rand's philosophy of things like you said, like sticking up for yourself. However, this book, and maybe her other works don't do this, but this book seemed to be saying, like, and also you should actively fight against people who have different viewpoints than you. Yeah. And it's like, why can't you just let them be who they are and let you be who you are? Mm. Right. Like, I, I understand, like, during the revolution and stuff that it could be hard to not fight it against the people that thought differently especially because it was like such a socialist or was socialist communist. See, this is the preview of what we're going to be saying. I know, I know know they're two different things, but I don't know. (laughs) But um, like, I don't know, maybe she felt like this character needed to fight against communism, which is cool. Mm -hmm. But she was so weird about it. Like Kira was such a weird character about it. (laughs) Kira was. How far did you get, Christina? Hannah I, got to part two. Oh, I did not get to part two. I didn't read past oh 150. I, I, I finished part one. But, like, I did not start part two at all. Yeah, but I do remember, like, I skimmed through the rest of it, and I do remember, like, like I remember the ending and everything, because the ending really made me angry. I have no clue what the ending is. <laughs> I told is. Hannah not to read anything about it, because yeah. I was going to have her <laughs> guess the ending. Oh, yes. Okay, let's do that. I look... I was like, I've just been waiting to like talk about it because that's something that I really wanted to talk about because I really hated it. But okay, um, okay, I think you, you want to just go th- go through discussing the book. Yes, I've yeah, got so, a chapter so, so by so chapter. Get into our our spoiler review of We the Living. My first note: Russia sucks. <laughs> okay, so the first chapter: Kira and her family are on the train back to Petrograd. Mm-hmm. They left Petrograd. When the revolution sort of started and they thought that they wouldn't be back. I don't know what they really thought they were going to do. But anyway, now they're on their way back. That's really all I think that happens in chapter mm. one. I don't have my notes separated by chapters, so I'm not really sure what all happened in chapter one. Uh, one of my, my very first note was about um, Ayn Rand saying... It feels like she's trying to hit a word or page count with how often she uses people's full names. It, it just felt excessive. 
That's a Russian thing. Yeah, I, I was gonna say. I, I think that's say, a Russian thing. Is that a Russian thing? Yeah. Okay. So that's a yeah. cultural thing. Any Russian novel you read, it's going to like bog you down with names that you don't care about. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Can I, uh, uh, that was one of my questions for later on, because then there's, they, they obviously use comrade a lot, but it was just used so much. And then even one of the characters referred to herself as like comrade and then her own name. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, did people actually speak like that? Okay, so this is my thought on that. And I don't know, I guess we're just discussing it now. But my thought on that is, like, everyone was so paranoid about being ratted out as not being (laughs) sympathetic with the state. So, like, everyone's like, yeah, I'm comrade. Like, that's the keyword to be like, yeah, I'm cool. Mm. I'm cool. I like this. I like this. I'm having fun. Okay. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. Don't and then again, <laughs> since mine aren't by chapters, I'm not sure when this happened. But one, my second note was, are they setting it up for Victor and Kira, who are cousins, yes. to be love interests? Oh my okay, God. you just From skipped the- to like chapter four. Is that chapter four? Oh, man. Okay. <laughs> are you sure? Okay, it's... Wait, the okay, chapters so, are short. Yeah, because then chapter two, is, I have my notice, Kira is not helping her family with the luggage. So that's when they, like, get off the train. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> and then chapter three is just, like, a description of Kira. And then chapter four, I believe, is the Victor dinner date mm, kind of yeah, thing. Yeah, no, no. I, I wrote that way before the dinner date happened. So something must have happened in that first chapter where I thought. <laughs> uh, because later on, I have, what is Victor doing talking about romances with Kira? <laughs> Let her go. <laughs> Let her go. <laughs> Let her go. Oh. <laughs> But maybe, maybe that was. I, again, I, I need to start taking better notes. Or... But yeah, so they get to Petrograd and they visit their family members. They've got a bunch of people, but most important is probably Cousin Victor at this point, mm-hmm. who is checking Kira out. And he's like, oh, Kira, you've grown up. Kira, who is yeah. being all like ditzy and promiscuous. And then somebody, I, I didn't write down who, but I just wrote, I liked the lady showing off her shoes. And then I have in quotations, lifted up her skirt to show off her olive shoes to passerby. <laughs> oh, that was Lydia, I, just, I think. Was that Lydia? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, Kira wasn't doing much of anything. Um, one of the other lines I wrote down is, she's so selfish, uh, she wouldn't help a wounded chicken. Um, which then I really wanted, and I told this to Emma, I was like, I really want her to help a wounded something. Preferably a chicken, but I want her to help a wounded something in this story. And then oh I told her God. that she did not understand Ayn Rand's philosophy yeah. and how this was actually a compliment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Leo is the wounded chicken. (laughs) He is. (laughs) He's a lot of things. Oh my god. He's a special chicken. No. Oh (laughs) god. All right. So, well, chapter four is when she meets Leo. So she runs away from Victor, who tried to make moves on her, and then she's just kind of wandering around in the night, and then she meets this guy named Leo who's out looking for a prostitute mm-hmm. and she kind of pretends to be a prostitute but not really mm-hmm. that's i wasn't sure what she was doing there <laughs> christina do you know what was going on in the scene so okay so what happened was he mistook her for a prostitute but yes. and she kind of was just like caught up because she was like oh this guy is handsome like i do kind of want to get with him like maybe i'll just pretend to be a prostitute so we can like talk for longer or something Mm -hmm. and then like you know eventually they find out and then i think leo says something like oh i knew the whole time that you weren't 
or whatever. I don't, he says, I remember him saying, if I was a different kind of guy, basically I would have raped you. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You're trying to pretend to be a prostitute. Yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. And then later, well, we'll get into later. But... Well, I was going to say, then right then, I wish I wrote down who said this. It was either Kira or Leo. I can't let you go away forever. <laughs> and I was like, they just met. They just met. They yeah, just met, but I can't so, let you go away forever. Like, especially as a high schooler, like, I loved that intensity. That was very, like, YA intensity. Mm. You know, where, like, I just met this guy, but I have to like I'm in love with him I'm so in love Mm -hmm. with him and like I think in high school that was like a big draw for me (laughs) with like (laughs) this bad dude that's like trolling the street for prostitutes is gonna hit on you and you're this nerdy girl that loves engineering and Mm. yeah you're special the special girl genre of fiction (laughs) yes oh man yeah but then then they decide to meet up in a month on uh, if I'm still alive, I'll be there. And if I, uh, or I'll be, if I, if I don't forget. <laughs> yeah. We don't really know what's up with Leo at this point, but he's like on the run, it seems. He's like, yeah, he's going back and forth between things and I don't know. And he doesn't want to be caught. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but so then chapter five, Kira's at the university. Kira wants to become an engineer. So she's going to university and there's the student council election, and we get the introduction of Comrade Sonia. Mm-hmm. All the Comrade comrades. Sonia, she's the one. She's the one who called herself Comrade Sonia. <laughs> I wrote Comrade she's Sonia. She's really a comrade. She's, she's a little much. <laughs> this is also around the time where I wrote, is there a plot, or is the plot just as Emma said that Russia sucks? <laughs> Honestly, I think that is the plot. And then, <laughs> yeah. like, I don't know, my big takeaway from it in high school was like, oh, this is a love story. Like an against all odds love story. (laughs) Yeah, who's in love? (laughs) Leo and Kira. Gross. Anyway, (laughs) but so chapter six, or Uh, chapter five, excuse me. Chapter five is also the introduction of, we don't know his name is Andre yet. He's just GPU man. Yeah. So they're just like, stay away from that guy because he'll he's part of like the secret police and he will arrest you and kill you and we all know that he's part of the secret police even though they're secret police yes <laughs> not a secret. i also get that that was probably the way it was but it just kind of tickles me that like the secret police aren't really that super secret i mean they are and they aren't yeah it just tickled me even though it's a really serious thing and it would have been very scary at the time. <laughs> it tickled me. I, I should not say it tickled me. I don't know, just the idea of like a secret police agent, but everybody knows they're a secret police agent. Outside of historical context, that's kind of silly. But inside historical context, it's very scary. And it's not something that would tickle me. Anyway, so chapter six is her month later meeting with Leo. Mm-hmm. This is where I was like, does Leo have a secret family? There's a woman who mended his coat. I dislike women's questions. I don't <laughs> like women who make it obvious they like me. <laughs> Just, wow, what what a dream. But <laughs> then he goes from that to saying that they, they set up their next time to, to meet. And this time, instead of saying the, like... Eh, I'll I'll either if I'm alive I'll be there as long as I don't forget. This time he's like I won't be alive because I won't forget. And I was like yes, that's when I started rooting for him. I was like okay, you're being kind of rude to women, but there you are. You're like 
you've you've changed you've grown in that month somehow to love her to the point where you're like i'm not gonna forget about you the only way that i won't be there next time is if i'm dead (laughs) that's how much i care no i was already just like what does she see in this guy other than he's supposedly like the hottest man in russia but since i can't see him i don't know that i was fairly confused about their very fast romance yeah because they at this point they've spent like two hours together yes right i mean that's why i compared it to a young adult novel yeah because it's like oh it's not gonna be a well-written romance but it's there Mm. (laughs) no for sure for sure yeah you said that this book reminds you of lost girls of paris is it because it's a poorly written romance (laughs) (laughs) wait did i say that yeah (laughs) in our lost girls of paris episode you said, this book reminds me of the next book we're going to read, which is my favorite <laughs> book. Oh my gosh. You have I such think, a good memory. I listened I to it like really, five times because I edited it. I think it was really just like the World War aspect. From There's them. no World War in this. I have no explanation. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Side note. Wait, wait, wait. Ayn Rand used the word waddled to describe like four different characters (laughs) in my notes I wrote in the past four minutes so because I was listening to the book so in a four minute span there were four different characters who waddled and I just found that entertaining (laughs) amazing I don't know I I get stuck on and I get I do it too and 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 most people do but using words over and over again it, it just always tickles I should stop saying it always tickles me. Uh, I need a different phrase. I I always find it really uh, interesting what words authors use and use over and over again. And she used the word waddled a lot in at at least one section of the story. Right. Like someone said it in passing and she was like, that's a fun word. Yeah. (laughs) Wow. So chapter six is, this is when I probably stopped liking the book where, so up to this point, I was like, okay, I'm interested where is this going? What's going on? But so she also has a conversation with Andre, who's the GPU mm-hmm. man. She now knows his name. And they're basically debating communism versus capitalism, sort of. Mm-hmm. And so he says to her, don't you know we can't... Don't you know? <laughs> don't you know? <laughs> don't you know? He doesn't say it like that. <laughs> He's a... He... All right, so Andre says, don't you know we can't sacrifice millions for the sake of the few? And here's Kira's response. Can you sacrifice the few when these few are the best? Deny the best? It's right to the top and you have no best left. What are your masses but millions of dull, shriveled, stagnant souls? Oh, man. (laughs) Preach, Kira. No. No! No! I did not catch that. I'm joking. I'm joking. I put the book down. (laughs) I was like, okay, so like, basically the rich should stay rich. The poor people are deserve to be poor just because that's the way it is. I, oh my God, this is. You see, I heard that and I think I got distracted by the Spock parallels of (laughs) (laughs) like sacrifice the, or what, like. The needs of the many, yes, the yes, yes. needs of the few, or the one. Yeah, that, exactly. So I I, I think I, I missed the second half of that, because when I was listening to it, I probably had the Spock's voice in my head saying that. I mean, if you think 
If you think about it, Kira and Spock are very similar character. What? You mean you mean opposite, opposite. right? <laughs> well, like maybe Spock when he was like still at his home planet, where I don't know. <laughs> Christina, you need to stop because see, I can't like Ayn Rand because I like Star Trek, and Star Trek is about a better future mm. for everyone, everyone, not just the best. I did air quotes for some reason <laughs> that no one can see. You can hear them. You can hear it in your voice. Yes. For sure. Don't you know? <laughs> Don't you know? <laughs> Don't you know? You see, I, I think it's funny that you say this is where, and, and I can see why from the line that you chose, but that this is where the book started to, I don't know. Go sour. Go sour for right. you. For me, this is where all of a sudden I'm writing down so many lines that I just thought were entertaining and, and just fun. And I thought things were happening and I was really interested in all the things that were happening. Um, I can't remember if it was Andre or just another one of the like secret police people that she was talking to around that time uh, said something along the lines of, your people have always accused that my people may be a part of some secret police. And let me remind you that that could be true. <laughs> That is funny. <laughs> and I just, I really enjoyed that line. I don't yeah, know. that's great. So my conclusion for chapter six was, I like Andre. I like him more than Leo because he gets that things are bad. He, he realizes, okay, yeah, things aren't great right now, but I'm working for a better future and I have my cause and why I'm doing it. I like Andre. Okay. Okay. But then chapter seven, Kira's family goes into the soap making business because they're trying to make a living in this world mm -hmm. where you're not really allowed to have private enterprises. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and Kira goes to the opera with Andre. Yeah. Yeah. Gets all dressed up, goes out with him. But um. then her family's like, you're going out with a communist. You need to stop right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But Kira doesn't care or doesn't notice anything. She does. <laughs> That's true. She just does her own thing. Yeah. But she does notice because Leo returns in chapter seven. Is that when they run off together? No. Oh, That's I, not until chapter two. Okay, then I didn't take notes until that chapter. <laughs> okay, so they. this is their second meeting. I don't know what happens during the meeting. I didn't write anything. But this, mm. this is the time where after that meeting in chapter eight, Pavel interrogates Kira and is like, Who's that man that you're with? We need to know where he is. We need to know everything about him. Maybe that's the person who said my line about the secret police. Uh, <laughs> that was probably this chapter. Yeah. During yeah. the interrogation. Yeah. But we also get Andre's backstory in this, how he was, came from like a poor family and his crib was like an ice barrel. Mm. <laughs> and I was just like, what a cool guy. I, I liked getting his backstory. Yeah. Because it's like, okay. I understand his motivation. Mm -hmm. I understand what he wants out of life. And it all makes sense. And he's a really likable guy, despite being a communist. Mm -hmm. But then chapter nine is when the escape happens. And there's also the line in that chapter of Kira saying that she sees an emotion in Leo's face that she had never seen in them before. <laughs> you've never you've seen him twice. <laughs> this is your third time. And now you've spent three hours together total. Yeah, this is the third time. <laughs> and then they escape Petrograd on a boat. Or do they? I mean, that's so romantic. <laughs> okay, but did you think their sex scene was romantic? I actually don't remember it, so. 
that probably speaks volumes. <laughs> yeah. I can't remember if this happens pre-sex scene or post-sex scene, but there's a time when uh, they're just chatting and she's asking him questions. And for once, he's kind of okay with a woman asking him questions or whatever. And they're talking about his family. And Leo says, my father is dead. And her response was, shake the snow off your shoes. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I would have awkwardly said something like that too, probably. <laughs> Man, your shoes are so snowy. (laughs) (laughs) That was probably pre the sex scene. Okay, so they get on the boat and they get in their little cabin and he he orders her, I believe the word ordered is used, he orders her, take your clothes off. Mm. And then she starts taking her clothes off and she's like, "Eh, okay, whatever. And then before she's done, he kind of like pounces on her and yeah. And there was a line that I thought it was kind of gross, and I don't even know if I want to talk about it. So, this is, I think this might be the last line of the chapter. Then she felt his legs like a warm liquid against hers. Ugh. Ew. Huh. That's just um, gross. Yeah, that's pretty gross. And the line, he says, take your coat off, and it says she obeyed. So, it like, yeah. doesn't say it was a command, but the fact that she said she obeyed. Mm. Okay, so I got this. I checked this out from the library. By the library, I mean the place where I work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which is a library. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> anyway, so I took my notes on paper, but I also marked some passages with little notes. And I wrote on this section, I wrote on the note, how romantic. And I put that note in there. And then I forgot to take my notes out when I returned the book. Oh, no. <laughs> so someone in the future is going to get to that scene. And, and, and think that, that somebody thought it was really. Did you at least put like a question mark? No, well, like, I just dot, wrote dot, it dot. in like, I wrote it in like all lowercase. How so romantic. So someone's clearly going to understand that all lowercase uh, is sarcastic. Yes, they will. I, how can you not? <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, it's amazing. So chapter 10, they get caught, and we get introduced to my favorite character. Do you know who it is, Christina? Oh gosh. I don't know. Someone evil. No, is it Galena? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. So they get caught, and the guy who catches them says, Thought you could get away, eh? From Stepan Tiposhenko of the Red Vault Fleet. <laughs> It's like, this is the introduction of this character. And he's acting like he's been the villain of this entire book. Yes. <laughs> to his eye. <laughs> Stefan Timoshenko. <laughs> thought you could get away from me. And they're like, who are you? <laughs> so I was like, okay, this guy. I love him. Mm. And then just Kira escapes off screen. Yeah. Yeah. Leo's kind of like, hey, let her go. And step on Tomoshenko's like, yeah, whatever. Right, yeah, he says something about like, oh, she's a child. Like, she mm-hmm. doesn't understand or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> but So she escapes off screen and then she goes to find out how Leo's doing in supposedly prison. But no, they let him go too. Because it turns out he's not any sort of criminal. It's just that his father was. So that's, yeah. Wow. So that's the end of any mystique of... Leo. And it's so disappointing. He deserves more mystique. Yeah, then I'd be actually interested in him. 
Instead, mm-hmm. he's just some guy. So then Kira decides to move in with him. Because I think Hannah wants to talk about this part. <laughs> well, I... I <laughs> so she gets basically kicked out by her family. I There's a conversation with her, her mother where her mother says, People will think... And then Kira goes, certainly I've slept with people. And it's just very, like, and this is what I liked about Kira. I mean, and what we've been saying so far. I mean, she's just, she's her. She's herself. And it's like, yeah, I slept with a dude. I'm, okay, fine. You you kick me out. Okay, whatever. <laughs> but then her sister's reaction was just so, I don't know, felt so over the top. Tell her to go, mother. I can't stand it. <laughs> Women like her shouldn't be allowed to exist. Or or she said that they should die. I couldn't remember which. Uh, it was one of the two. I right. think exist um, is, is correct. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, it was just so, like, distraught. Like, oh, she's slept with someone and now she just needs to go. Oh, my gosh. She was just jealous. She's been yeah. trying hard <laughs> since the beginning of the novel, showing off her boots, showing trying to get boots. some. And now her boring sister got some before her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I want to just skip to chapter 12 where, so her family is like, no, her family doesn't even come to her. The, I think her cousin Irina is like, hey, your family's doing really poorly. Mm-hmm. Help them out. And she's like, okay, give them this bread that I get for being a college student. And then the family finds out that she gave them the bread, and they're just instant reconciliation. They love her again! Hey, food is amazing. Okay, At some point around this time is when Ayn Rand's new favorite word is huskily. (laughs) She described many people as either speaking, I think it was speaking, as huskily. (laughs) Sure. (laughs) <laughs> also, so at this time, Kira is seeing both Andre and yes! Leo, but she's living with Leo, right? So, yeah, like, forward. she's living with Leo. And Leo is even like, how's your communist boyfriend? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, I wasn't sure what she was doing in this section. Right. I think it goes back to you thinking that she's ditzy, how she just doesn't really realize. She's just like, yeah, he takes me to the ballet and I love the ballet, mm-hmm. so I'm just going to do it. Yeah. And then she tells him, tells Andre, I'm mad at you. This is the second time you haven't noticed my nice dress. God, I think I hate Kira. She acts like they're dating. She does. She she acts like. And and that's where I was like, does Andre not realize that she's got somebody else? Because. Oh, boy, does he not. Like, that's the thing. Again. (laughs) I was like, isn't he secret police? He should know these things. <laughs> like, how yeah. does he not know? And he doesn't. He doesn't. But he's a secret police officer that everyone knows is part of the secret police. So yeah. he can't be that great at his job to begin <laughs> with. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, yeah, it just sets it up for something bad happening for sure. Around this time, Leo loses his job because Mm. he's not a communist. Because they're like, you need to spend your free time doing communist things. And he's like, no. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, you're fired. It's okay. Uh, Whatever. So then he's sort of getting like, I don't know what kind of jobs he's getting, but they're like hardworking jobs. And he starts coughing. And you know what that means. Okay, I guess you don't. So it means the consumption. He's got pre-consumption. <laughs> got... Of course. I'm, 
I'm gonna say that this tickles me. It tickles me when people have consumption, which in case you don't know, is tuberculosis. But I like the word consumption a lot. Mm. I do too. And I feel like every good romance, like one of them has consumption and dies. It's a lot of operas, which there's a lot of opera in this book. So it's appropriate that somebody gets consumption. Mm. Yeah. So Leo is coughing. He's sick. We don't know how sick yet. But then Andre is like, hey, Kira, I'll get you a job. Gets her job because he's a great guy. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. And she's been, like, writing letters to him while she's been living oh, with yeah. Leo. <laughs> so, so it's not, so she's not just, like, you know, visiting him to go to the opera every once in a while, but, I mean, they she's, are like, in a relationship. They are, yeah. Whether or not it's well, romantic. Yeah, like, it kind of seems like maybe Kira is, like, this dude is just, like, a really good friend who gives right. me a lot of cool True. stuff. But he's not hot. We know that he's not hot. He's kind of hot. He's got a scar. That's... She likes that. Okay. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. He sounded hot to me. I was gonna say, especially after Leo got sick, he sounded... Andre was like... (laughs) Yeah, but Leo's like the scruffy guy who's like, cool, he's a bad dude. He's not cool! Is he cool? (laughs) His dad was cool, but now his dad is dead. And now he's just a jerk. (laughs) I'm not saying I like him. I'm just trying to explain Kira's, I don't know, obsession with him. And this is when he starts being really, like, mean to Kira after she gets her own job. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Can't handle a woman bringing in the money and the food for them. What did I like about him? I don't know! (laughs) (laughs) Who was I in high school? Who was I? (laughs) Christina, your ideas of love are maybe a little off. They were. I'm not going to say that they are now, since I don't agree with this now. I am going to say that. Hey! (laughs) (laughs) I like to think I've grown past whatever this is. Uh, And so this leads right to chapter 16, where she's kicked out of the university. And this is past where I read, by the way. Oh, so you just don't even know what's (laughs) to come. I kind of remember, but... And I skimmed a little bit, but... Well, so she gets kicked out, but cousin Victor... Doesn't get kicked out because he was obviously a communist all along. Obviously. And his family was just in denial. Is that a shock to anyone? No. 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 He was fairly obvious about it, I yes. thought. No, he was going to meetings from the beginning and was like, Yeah. He was being pretentious about it even when they first met him. Yes. Yeah. But his family's just in shock. They're like, Oh my God, Victor, how could you? I mean, I'm just glad that he's not trying to kiss Kira anymore. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> <laughs> but so uh, quite a few things happen in this chapter. So Victor is now cheating on his girlfriend Vava with Kira's roommate Marisha. Oh, yeah. yeah. And Vava walks in on them and is so upset. So then she, she walks into Kira's room where Kira isn't there. Only Leo is there. And then Leo and Vava start making out. What? It was yes. a whole mess. And then Kira comes in. And then Kira comes back. It's a whole mess. And Vava's like, oops, sorry. And Leo's like, yeah, that kind of happened. And Kira's like, okay, I forgive you, I guess. We gotta get you somewhere warmer for your consumption. So here's this guy that you thought was great, Christina. Yeah. <laughs> I need to go back in time and have a conversation with my high school self. 
<laughs> you deserve more. No. I feel like it's going to take forever to go through this entire book because that is only half of the book. Which is all I read. <laughs> <laughs> Which is more than I read. <laughs> so, so Kira's like, I need to get money to send Leo to the sanatorium because he only has pre-consumption right now. He doesn't have full consumption, mm -hmm. so we can still cure him. I'm not getting this money. How am I going to get this money, Hannah? Andre? I don't Andre. remember. <laughs> she starts... Okay, she goes to Andre, and it's like, you've been ignoring me. And he's he like... You had been ignoring her. Because I'm in love with you. And she's oh, like... Andre. Oh, I'm in love with you, too. Yes, she's Give not. me money. For my boyfriend. Exactly. Who Andre just does not know about. He still doesn't know about, right? Okay, Hannah. Later in the book, the Victor's wedding to Marisha, Kira goes to the wedding with Leo... Andre is also at this wedding, and he's like, you're you're just friends, right? Oh, Andre! <laughs> oh, you're such a terrible secret police, but oh my gosh! Oh my gosh. Oh, that sweet baby! Andre is Hannah's favorite character. I know I this I think he now. is! I mean, as of as of what I know about him, I'm I just feel for this poor oblivious man. <laughs> <laughs> how is he good at his job if he can't figure out that the lady that he likes is totally with somebody else at the same time yeah so oh no that's part one of the book part two leo returns he's cured but kira still has got to keep up her double relationship mm -hmm. with two guys at the same time for some reason oh goodness and I know none of this. I have no clue what happens in the second half of the book. So Leo comes back and he's like, I met this girl at the sanatorium, Tonya. She's like, great, we're going to be business partners. Hmm. Uh, Tonya's got this... Business partners? Yeah. Leo goes into business with Tonya and her boyfriend, Coco. It gets so confusing and so boring. So they go into business, they have like a store, okay. like an illegal store where they're selling illegal goods. Okay. And so Kira's like, eh, guys, can you kind of stop? Like, you're probably going to get caught. And Leo's like, we're rich now. Let's just spend all our money on stuff. Even though before when we didn't have money and we didn't have food. But now we just spend it on this expensive vase that I'm going to break in front of you. What? <laughs> What? <laughs> Leo, if you thought he was bad in part one, he gets worse. I mean, I kind of assumed he was going to go downhill once he started going downhill in the first part. <laughs> I didn't think he was going I didn't think he was going to come back from that. That was my prediction. <laughs> Nothing important happens in part two, except for Stepan Timoshenko comes back. Yeah. Yes. yes. I I was kinda excited. <laughs> And, and he says his name, like, every line. Well, yeah. He's like, oh, can't you help out Stepan Timoshenko? Does he, he call himself Comrade Stepan Timoshenko? I'm not sure he does, because so he's sort of disillusioned with okay. communism. And he's telling that to Leo. Not Leo. He's telling that to Andre. He's like, Andre, like, this isn't working out, man. This is bad. I'm going to end up dead. You're probably going to end up dead. And Andre's like, yeah, communism, you know, the, the dream is dying, man. Oh my god. They're 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 really seeing the reality of Russia, which is unfortunate cuz they were two people who fought for it. So Stepan Timoshenko unfortunately dies. That's oh no. you know the sad part of the book. Right, of course. And Stepan Timoshenko knows about Leo and Pavel's 
illegal store. And he's telling that to Andre. He's like, there's an illegal store. You got to shut it down. And Andre's like, I am going to shut this store down because I hate Leo. I don't know that he's also with my girlfriend, but I'm going to shut him down. (laughs) And so he goes to arrest him and he's like, I know about your illegal store. And then Kira walks in and she's like, oh, Leo, my lover. And Andre's like, oh, 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 Andre. (laughs) And so... And so Andre is, is heartbroken. It's like the Simpsons when his heart gets broken. <laughs> you can't pinpoint the, pinpoint the exact moment when his, his heart, heart breaks. breaks. And- oh, God. So Leo's sent off. And so then Kira goes to yell at Andre. She's like, you're dumb. I was just with you to get money. What? Don't be mean to Andre. No. <laughs> okay. So at this point in the book, I was just like, Kira, you need to stop. And so... During this whole yelling match, Andre keeps saying, I didn't know. I didn't know that you two were together, even though I saw you together all the time. Oh my god. And so then he keeps saying that, I didn't know, I didn't know. And she's yelling and yelling. And then she's like, oh god, I'm wrong. You've been nice to me this whole time, and Leo's been a jerk to me this whole time. What? Wow. She has this revelation while she's yelling at him. Basically, and then she just kind of like falls asleep. <laughs> she, she gets tuckered out. <laughs> <laughs> I no. love it. I mean, oh, at least she Andre. like recognized it at all. Like sometimes those characters never recognize it. Did she, or is she? Was okay. she just saying that? She did. I don't know if she really realized that Leia was a jerk, but she does realize that Andre was nothing but nice to her the whole time and didn't do this to go against her, but was just doing it mostly to go against Leia. Mm-hmm. So. And basically how he was saying, he's like, I wouldn't do anything to hurt you. Oh, Andre. And because of that, he then gets Leo out of prison. Oh, Andre. I stopped taking notes before the ending. The book has not ended yet. So Leo is like, hey, Tonya, my business partner, has obviously been attracted to me this whole time. (laughs) I'm going to go off and be with her because she's got money. And Kira's like, yeah, that's fine. And she leaves. That's how they break up, basically. Okay. Wow. And also, Andre commits suicide. No! (laughs) (laughs) That's not funny. I shouldn't have laughed. No! But, jeez, Andre. What? Because Andre realizes that the the dream of of a nice communist Russia is dead. But he was the best. And he he and and Kira goes to his funeral. He was the best character. And he was. He's by far the best character. Oh, that poor baby. So anyway, Hannah, Leo leaves. Andre is dead. How does this book end for Kira? Yeah. Oh, how does this book end for Kira? You see, I don't think I really had any guesses for Kira. <laughs> I've thrown I, so many so many curveballs. I at know. You. I I I. I guess before you saying that Leo would have left, I was probably going to think that there would be some kind of like Leo and Andre confrontation, but clearly... That happened when he got arrested. That happened when he got arrested and then didn't happen again. I don't... Okay, hold on one second. Um, Before Hannah answers. So after Hannah answers, I'll tell you what I remember the ending to be. <laughs> and then okay. you tell us what actually happened. Okay. Okay. So... When you told me to guess about the ending, I remembered at least one scene where Kira's trying to get on, like, the tram or whatever. Yes. And, you know, 
does that thing where she's got like one foot on and the other off and she's like gonna get trampled by it or, or yeah. whatever. So part of me wants to say that she like gets trampled by a tram. Anna Corinna in the style. Uh, Anna Corinna yes. in the style. And then that's probably why I want to say it, which is also why I'm not positive. Like, I don't know if that's my true guess or if I'm just saying that because of Anna Karenina being in my brain. But I think that's the best guess I have it's at this point. It's a good guess. Is that she, she, you know, tries to go to work on the tram and gets trampled by it. It's a good guess. I like it. That probably would have been a better ending. That's my guess. Yes. Okay. So what I remember the ending to be, it's pretty vague, but I feel like Leo and Kira get back together and they decide to make a run for it. And they try and escape russia on foot and they're going through this like huge snowy field and they both get shot and they die what <laughs> that's not what happens what <laughs> that's what i remember the ending <laughs> what happens <laughs> everything that christina said happens except they don't get back together it's just kira oh it's just kira, oh, just by, kira herself. by herself yeah okay thank goodness <laughs> that's better than what you were saying christina <laughs> what you were saying was way worse was way worse. Yeah, oh, this is Christina's fan fiction. Yeah. They got back together. <laughs> that, that's what your, your, your high school self really oh, wanted to happen. <laughs> Wait, okay, so she just decides, like, screw it, I'm gonna, I'm gonna leave Russia yeah. and, and get shot by Stepan. No, he died. He died. Thought <laughs> <laughs> you could get away from Stepan Timothy. That would have been the perfect ending if it was Stepan. <laughs> You're no child no more. <laughs> no, so let's see. So yeah, she says, I, I've had enough. I'm gonna leave. So she she dresses all in white. She goes out okay. at night crossing the snowy field. Okay. And then she sees a guard and she drops down. Okay. But then That's the guard is smart. like, Oh, somebody's out there. I'm just going to shoot. Ah! <laughs> and he shoots, and somehow he hits her, even though she's lying on the ground. And yeah. dressed in white. Wow. Yeah, it was the dumbest ending. Oh, that's rough. Eh. Oh, that's dumb. She was being so smart. And then also, so she's she's alive for a while, She's but she's very delirious. And then at the end, she's like, she thinks she sees Leo, and she's running towards him. Just, oh, Leo, Leo. And then she dies. Oh, maybe that's what I was remembering. Oh. <sighs> that's dumb. <laughs> I'm glad I stopped reading this book. I wish I didn't know any of that stuff about Andre. <laughs> I <laughs> I, <laughs> I didn't need to know any of that. Oh, Andre. He made the book worthwhile. <sighs> yep. She died with a smile on her face. She smiled her last smile to so much that had been possible. Except wasn't possible because yeah. Leo was always a jerk. Yeah. I hate this book. <laughs> oh. I wish we'd never read it. <laughs> wow, Christina, remember when you told me this book was under 200 pages? Yes. But look how thin it is. Emma's <laughs> never going to let that go. You couldn't finish it. Don't tell me how thin it is. Emma's not going to let any of this go. You both owe me. We both failed. So we both failed. We failed ourselves. Like, what does my life mean? Like, my favorite yeah. book is this book. Ugh. I need a new favorite book. Okay, so after this great discussion, it's time for recommendations. So maybe instead of picking up this book, um, maybe we have some good recommendations of what we should pick up instead. Nope. <laughs> That's 
I I have to be honest, I didn't put a lot of thought into it, mainly because I got stuck and I don't really read Russian lit, so I don't really know what to recommend. I don't, I, I couldn't think of anything that was in the same, like had the same themes or, I don't know, I, I couldn't think of anything to recommend for this. <sighs> I mean, I guess it reminds me of what, House of the Spirits? Oh, that's insulting to House of the Spirits. I mean, just in that, it's like... But if you're recommending something to read instead of this... Yeah, I mean, I liked House of the Spirits. Yeah. So yeah, I guess that's my recommendation of something that's like kind of similar. As similar as you've read. As similar, yeah, as far as I know, it's similar. (laughs) Oh my god, just do not read this book. Do not listen to this podcast. (laughs) Or if you do just, well, no, listen to this podcast. No, listen to this podcast, but (laughs) read the first part. No, don't read any of it. Oh my God. It's worthless unless you really are interested in Russian history. Then this is a firsthand account of what it was like at that time, Mm. which is moderately interesting. But it's terrible. Don't read this. I mentioned Flannery O'Connor earlier. Read Wise Blood. It's mm. also depressing, but it's well-written, and it's actually short, and it's probably my second favorite book. That's my recommendation, Wise Blood by Flannery O'Connor. Never pick up Ayn Rand. Christina, did you have any recommendations? Yeah, so if you want Russian lit, I would go with some short stories, maybe some Pushkin or Nikolai Gogol. Um, they're dark, they're short, they're actually short, they're good, and they're pre- Are they? They're pre-revolution, I think most of them are and that's good yeah so that and then like I wouldn't even say this novel is like even though Ayn Rand calls this like the closest thing to an autobiography that she has or whatever I wouldn't even say this is like classic Ayn Rand I would say like if you want to read classic Ayn Rand but Atlas Shrugged is too long then read The Fountainhead which is also very long but it's pretty basic Ayn Rand um, and I don't even know if I would like that book these days. So I'm just feeling lost. <laughs> <laughs> just go and reevaluate your life. I know. What kind of books do I like? What are we reading next time? Well, after destroying Christina's favorite book, we will be reading my favorite book. (laughs) We are reading The Lathe of Heaven by Ursula K. Le Guin, which is a nice, short science fiction novel. And I'm sure you'll love it. All right. Thanks for joining us in our discussion. Until next time, don't forget to treat yourself.